Hello, ladies and germs. This is Tim Ferriss, and welcome to the brand new Tribe of Mentors podcast. For those who have no background on me, I'm an author, early stage investor in 50 plus companies like Facebook, Twitter, Uber, Alibaba, and many others, and the host of The Tim Ferriss Show, which is a long form podcast with more than 200 million downloads. Tribe of Mentors, this new gig, is an experimental podcast similar in flavor to The Tim Ferriss Show, but much shorter much more distilled. This is season one planned for 10 to 15 episodes. And instead of my usual two to four hour interviews, Tribe of Mentors packs a punch, or so it's intended, in say 10 to 30 minutes on average and delivers tools, habits, and lessons learned from world-class performers in every field you can imagine. So you can think of this as a caffeine jolt of not just inspiration, but also tactical advice that you can use. The Tribe of Mentors podcast is largely adapted from my new book of the same name, Tribe of Mentors, subtitled Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do, including elite athletes like Kelly Slater and Dara Torres, legendary coaches like Dan Gable, at least a dozen billionaires and iconic investors, co-founders of companies like Facebook, Twitter, Dropbox, Craigslist, and others, poker and cryptocurrency, phenoms, and many geniuses you've never, ever heard of. In some cases, those are my favorites. And you can learn all about Tribe of Mentors at tribeofmentors.com. That's the book. Or find it wherever books are sold. But let's get into the audio interview. Our guest today is Brian Koppelman, K-O-P-P-E-L-M-A-N. You can say hello on Twitter, Instagram, at Brian Koppelman, or find his work at BrianKoppelman.com. Brian is a screenwriter, novelist, director, and producer. He's a good friend and never ceases to impress. Prior to his hit show, Billions, which he co-created and executive produced, and, by the way, co-wrote on Spec, he was best known, perhaps, as the co-writer of Rounders and Ocean's 13, as well as a producer of The Illusionist and The Lucky Ones. He's directed films such as Solitary Man, starring Michael Douglas, and so much more. Brian hosts The Moment Podcast, a fantastic podcast. If you're looking for a starter, one of my favorite episodes is with John Hamburg, who wrote and directed I Love You, Man, and wrote Meet the Parents, among many other films. It's like a film school and an MFA in screenwriting all wrapped into one conversation. So be sure to check that out. And here we go. Without further ado, please enjoy The Wisdom of Brian Koppelman. What is the book or books you've given most as a gift and why? Or what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life? So these are the books I've given away, recommended the most. They've all also been really crucial in my life. What I Talk About When I Talk About Running by Haruki Murakami, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, City of Thieves by David Benioff. I know that's four books, but each one is worth talking about a bit. The Murakami book is the single best distillation of the kind of focus, commitment, and sense of mission it takes to become a great artist. He is ostensibly writing about his running life, and he's widely regarded as a great distance runner. What he's really talking about is how to strip away everything you don't need in order to achieve your purpose. It's a rigorous, inspiring book that challenges the reader to step up. It's also gorgeously written nonfiction by, to me, the world's best writer of fiction. I would say also it's worth reading his fiction. It's worth reading Norwegian Woods if you've never read anything by him 
or colorless Tsukuru Sazaki, whose name I'm definitely butchering. Murakami is a, an artist of the, the highest order and my favorite living uh, writer of fiction. Next is The Artist's Way, which contains the single best tool for becoming unblocked that I've ever come across. That tool is morning pages. If you have the sense deep inside you that you're running away from your true purpose, this book will help you break through. I was 30 years old before I became a writer. And The Artist's Way really gave me the roadmap to breaking through um, what I considered to be writer's block, my inability to produce work that meant something to me and that I thought would mean something to others. And so I unhesitatingly recommend it. It has things in it that I don't love. It's got a bunch of spiritual stuff in it that, for me, isn't very useful. But the morning pages are useful enough that it's worth reading the whole book just to get everything you can out of that one tool. And then Tony Robbins' work has always been incredibly useful to me. That's one of the reasons that my creative partner, David Levine, and I executive produced I Am Not Your Guru, the documentary about Tony, which was directed by Joe Berlinger. Uh, this book, Waking the Giant Within, was the first of his that I read, of Tony's that I read. And it asked me crucial questions about the stories I was telling myself that were limiting my growth. I don't know anyone who couldn't benefit from a little Tony Robbins. And what was going on in my life, it, it was all connected to this idea of not doing the work that, that you're supposed to do. And uh, I guess reading Tony's book made me realize that I needed to make a change. And then Julia Cameron's book really gave me the sort of actual tricks to doing it. But Tony's, without Tony's, I don't think I would have gone searching for the way to, to, to break through. And then the last book I want to talk about is City of Thieves by David Benioff. This book is just a joy. Fiction has a real utility, and it's one I think high achievers sometimes forget, and that is fiction stirs you up inside, unsettles you, forces you to engage with that which isn't easily solved. This book does all that and delights along the way. I've given it to 100 people. All of them have thanked me, and all of them have given away a bunch themselves. So definitely read City of Thieves by David Benioff. How has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Do you have a so-called favorite failure of yours? For a period of time, Levine and I sold one pilot a year, TV pilot, really one, uh, like a TV pilot pitch to a premium cable network. We would tell them the idea, they would pay us to write it, and then we'd deliver the script only to have them tell us they no longer wanted to make that kind of show. Each time they flushed one of these scripts, it killed me. I fell in love with each show and saw how to make it, but I didn't own it anymore. The last time this happened, it hurt in a different way. Uh, the way that makes you sit up and say no more. So the next time we had a great idea for a show, we decided to write it on spec instead of selling it in advance. The notion being, if someone wanted to buy the finished pilot script, we'd have some leverage in the decision-making. Might be able to insist on them actually making it. And then it, it turned out that that next idea was Billions. Um, and that show is now on Showtime. You can see it, uh, I guess, on Showtime On Demand now. You can uh, subscribe to Showtime and watch it that way. You can watch it on Showtime anytime. And then it'll come back uh, sometime in 2018. We're shooting the third season now. And so this failure um, to get the earlier shows made because instead of writing them and committing that time, 
we pitched the idea, what that did was it, it gave up a certain amount of leverage and control, which we then took back by writing the thing. And um, without those failures, I don't know that we would have thought to do that. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love? The answer to this question is ping pong. I love everything about the game. Jerome Charn's great book about pong, Sizzling Chops and Devilish Spins, captures the way the game makes me feel. Like, I know it seems like a silly sport, but when you're inside it, it's the opposite of that. It moves fast, requires deep strategy, asks you to control your fear, to commit to your shots, to bounce back and get ready for the next shot the moment you hit the first. I've been playing four or five times a week for almost a year, and I only wish I'd committed this deeply before. Brian, what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months or in recent memory, let's say? This uh, answer is connected to the last answer. My butterfly, Peter Korbel, table tennis racket, and Tenergy rubbers. Because when I bought the racket and the rubbers that attached to it, I knew I was really committing to my training as a ping pong player. I've always loved the game. always told myself I'd try to get good someday. But buying the racket said that day is now. And you can call it a paddle. That's fine. In England, I guess they'd call it a bat, a ping pong bat, which I kind of like. I think I'd prefer to be like, oh, yeah, I'm bringing my ping pong bat over. Somehow that would make it seem my table. I guess my table tennis bat. You going to bring your bat? Yeah, I'll bring my bat. All right. So mine is a Peter Korbel uh, butterfly. And last, what are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or area of expertise? Well, this is something I talk about on my podcast, The Moment with Brian Koppelman, uh, to which you can subscribe at applepodcast.com slash the moment. But I talk about this all the time, which is that almost all advice given to writers by supposed experts is wrong because almost all of it tells the aspirant to engage in some kind of calculation about marketing before setting out to write. Now, in nonfiction, this may make sense, but that's not my thing. For artists, for people who want to really do creative work on the cutting edge, the most important thing is total engagement. So I always tell writers to follow their curiosity, obsessions, and fascinations instead of handed down supposed wisdom from hacks. I'm going to answer a question or two that I didn't answer in Tim's book. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I know many of Tim's uh, guests say this. And the answer is meditation. For me, I do transcendental meditation. And I do it every day for 20 minutes, two times. So twice a day for 20 minutes. First when I wake up in the morning, and uh, then around three or four or five or six in the afternoon. And what I have found is that doing this meditation, taking this time, has drastically decreased the physical manifestations of anxiety. And it has given me far more clarity and far more peace. Now, that doesn't mean you never feel anxious. That doesn't mean you're never concerned. Um, of course, uh, the monkey mind is the monkey mind. But the practice of meditating every day and of doing it twice just breaks that cycle. And so things like stomach aches uh, or fluttering in your stomach or anxiety attacks, those sort of physical manifestations of the anxiety we all feel largely dissipate for me when I meditate regularly. I guess I started about six years ago and I never miss a day. 
Occasionally I'll miss the afternoon meditation, but I will never miss waking up and meditating in the morning. And so that has definitely improved my life and also um, improved my family's life because I'm a better person, uh, an easier person to be around when I regularly meditate. Okay, what advice would you give a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? What advice should they ignore? Well, there's a lot of controversy about this idea of following your dream, following your passion. And I talk about this on my podcast too, frequently. The reason that um, many people uh, don't get what they want when they just follow their dream and, and why it's attractive to say to people, oh, following your dream is, is uh, foolish, is because those of us who instead do encourage you to follow your dream, who, who believe you live once and you might as well spend your time in pursuit of that which uh, fascinates you, we sometimes leave out the other really important part, which is rigor. So that when you've identified a thing that you care about, you don't just sort of uh, dream it, hope it, pray on it. What you do is take actionable steps every day toward achieving it. So that when I decided I was going to be a screenwriter, I didn't just say, I want to have a movie in the theaters. I didn't just talk about it to my friends. Um, I didn't just write about it to myself. What I did was I got up early every morning before work and I met my best friend in a basement and we wrote for two hours every day until we finished our first screenplay. We were lucky enough that that first screenplay sold and became a movie. But if it didn't, we would have started the next screenplay and the next one after that. So it was this unrealistic, crazy dream. But we did a very... Um, a very blue-collar approach, a very earthbound approach to achieving it, which was show up and do the work every day. And so what I would tell someone coming out of college is do whatever you can to figure out what um, really excites you, what you're really obsessed by, what your best version of yourself is if you close your eyes, and then figure out what the really hard steps are to achieve it, and then do those really hard steps. This involves saying no a lot. If you're pursuing something crazy, you have to say no to so many opportunities to go out, to meet people, to have fun, to earn money, to do frivolous things. But in the end, it's worth it um, because you will then be able to do all that stuff and you'll be living a life of total engagement. Um, when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost your focus, what do you do? For me, taking a walk is a great thing to do, and listening to music. Uh, I find music snaps me back into the present or connects me back with my emotions. Um, I've always been a music fanatic, and so if I you know, need to sort of change my state, which is something Tony Robbins talks about a lot, for me what really works is putting on music that moves me and taking a long walk. Hey guys, Tim Ferriss again. If you enjoyed this, just a little taste of this guest, then you will love Tribe of Mentors, the book, subtitle, Short Life Advice from the Best in the World, which details the routines, habits, and tools of more than 130 people who are the best at what they do. And you can pick and choose. It is a choose-your-own-adventure buffet, but you have just about everyone imaginable. And you can find free chapters, the full list, of mentors at tribeofmentors.com and wherever books are sold. So take a look, tribeofmentors.com.